And welcome back to Zeeton Box. I'm Anthony, and I'm... I'm Anthony. There we go. All right. Um, so, I've been doing something recently that I was going to save for the podcast, get your ideas on. I found out how to stream video games on Twitch. Finally found out how to do that, and I streamed last night for the first time. Follow him at Twitch slash Rhino the Destroyer. I'm glad you know that. I pay attention, my dude. Fuck yeah. But, uh, okay. You have time to go on Twitch. But, uh, okay, so here's the thing. I had zero viewers last night, but I was still talking to other ones. So if you, you know, since we live together, if you hear me just talking to myself, like I'm talking to people... I'm not sure if Twitch records, like, saves your stream no idea. for uh, viewers later on. In that case, you'll probably sound like a rambling madman. What'd you play? Skyrim. Nice. With the mods. With the mods. With the pretty for mods. Yeah. I'm not, like I said last week, I'm not using the crazy, like, hey, I'm level 100 and everything. But. It would be funny. I did find a cheat. Just go around uppercutting giants and shit. I did find a legal cheat. Dude, I leveled up three times in five minutes. Enchanting. What did you enchant? Just a bunch of iron daggers? Dude, just random shit I found. Like, shoes. So I did one play through a Skyrim where I just ended up with an excessive amount of soul gems. Right? I tried to do that again on Skyrim Special Edition PS4. Same. I can't get it to go in. Like, I can't find that flow. I enchanted the bow. Uh, do the college really one archery. Oh, dude, if you come across, like, just mundane clothes, like shoes or hat or something, yeah. enchant it with fucking petty soul gems. There you go. The thing is, I can't seem to get the petty soul gems up, or I can't seem to fill them. Do the college one winter home quest, quest, right? Yeah. You know, I have magnets and all that. Yeah. yeah. You know, during that, like, all those floating bullshits that attach Winterhold. They all have soul gems. Oh, yeah. I, I, Dude, I, I got did, like I did 12 rob, soul gems. I, I, I robbed our near blind. The, 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 the headmaster. I robbed him blind. No, no. Um, the dark elf headmaster. Yeah. I robbed him blind too. Like, I, after I oh, talked your to pit the, the is high enough? Shit, no, I just put a bucket on his head and took all of his fucking soul gems. <laughs> Dude, you don't understand. I was level 10 having level like 30 bandits chasing me down for stealing shit. Bellator, he suffered the same fate. Fuck that guy. Wear a bucket. I'm taking your shit. <laughs> I did something funny. Kinda Acadia, s- I love her alchemy shop. Didn't matter. Wear a bucket. I'm taking your, your medium soul that you got over there. I did something kind of similar and I thought it was funny. I think I told you about this. Uh, I was like a level 1 and I killed a giant. I shot the giant in the face. Led him to a bandit camp and let him just both hash it out. There was like one bandit left, and I took care of him. <laughs> and the giant was like down there, and I was up in like one of those sniper perches, and I just get three shots. I'm trying to get to you. Dude, nice. It was great. <laughs> but yeah, my enchanting, I'm in level 10, my enchanting's already at like 49. It's fucking insane. I'm already really high in level. Really higher than it should be. I'm level 22. And I'm still smithing. So. I am smithing the fuck out of everything, though. I know you saw my post on Facebook about Lydia dying. Mm hmm. During the College of Winter Home Quest, I had a scroll of Firestorm. Lydia was up 
doing other things. I didn't realize one of the people from the college was fighting with me near me. So when I did the Firestone, it, it caught him on fire and he attacked me. I ran back to the college. And he's still just like, he, he, yeah, he just followed me. Apparently Lydia fell off, you know, that part of the bridge. I can't find her body. She had so much of my shit. She had like... You may as well go back a couple saves, dude. I don't want to replay three hours, dude. Yeah. You're the one who cast the Firestorm at a bad time. You, you gotta watch out for those high damage AoEs, dude. I know. But I, I didn't think anybody was around me. Imagine failing a quest because you accidentally yeeted your quest leader off the side of a fucking cliff. I've done that. Fusho died at the wrong time. Watch what happens. Like, I'm Fusho dying a wolf. Just to just be gone. Right? Here she comes. Steps right in front of me. Hits the wolf and gets yeeted herself. And I'm just like, well, that's what you get. Oh, shit. Reload. <laughs> so finally I went to Winterhold. Wait, the their... quest giver didn't die, and they probably would have came back up the mountain, but I didn't feel like waiting. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, went to Winterhold, waited 24 hours, went back, everything was fine. Paid a $40 fine, apparently, that I owed in Winter or in uh, Winterhold. Yeah. So I went, or Windhelm, no. Whatever city. The one with the Dragon there. Reach. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, uh, White Run. White Run. So many W's. But, um. You're all baller for the baller. So we got another follower, met her in that bar in that's there. Axe of White Run was always useless. <laughs> the one that you had to fight? Yeah. And then, boom, you got to fall. So I just have her. Two-handed heavy armor specialist. Call it done. Oh, cool. Lydia 2.0. Yeah, basically. That's all she is. Yeah. It's great. I just deleted Skyrim to make room for games. Can make me re-download Skyrim. We can't escape it. <laughs> but I'm I'm running mods. It's it's gonna come out on the PS5, and I'm gonna buy it. I buy it on the Switch at full price. <laughs> Goddamn right. Uh, here's something they need. Elder Scrolls in Bethesda needs to fucking do. They need to have a game, a story, a graphic novel, what the fuck ever, that explains exactly what happened to the dwarves. There's hundreds of theories video on YouTube, or hundreds of theory YouTube videos. By the way, speaking of doors, on Elder Scroll Online, I made Dragon Firehand. Fuck yes. He's he's ignored, but he's at the minimum height set. Tell the people who well, who Dragon Firehand is. Dragon Firehand is quite simply my greatest D and D character I have ever made. I agree. I got a thirty point buy. And I made a badass. He is the half-blooded brother of an Asimar. He is a full-blooded dwarf. And descendant of Thor, I believe. No, no. Uh, Freyleaf was a uh, uh, excuse me. Orin Strongshot was a des des descendant of Thor. This dude was just a cleric. He wasn't any ordinary cleric. Please don't die, Reinhardt. He was a cleric. He was an angel fire apostle. And he studied down with the barbarian chiefs of the Blackheart tribe. And he learned a lot about human culture, as well as, you know, his own dwarven culture. He was very proud, but he was even 
happier to follow his brother along his adventures as he fulfilled his quest of basically becoming a and d version of Thor. Alright, now who do you think is my most badass character I've ever made? <sighs> well, I gave y'all a ridiculous buy-in for my campaign. Oh, you... I gotta say... Oh, Isaac? Dude, you cleared a room of level 6 vampires in a turn. Okay, Isaac Steven. Okay, so let me tell you about Isaac Steven. Hi, I'm Isaac. How you doing today? Neutral good elf. Unchained rogue. That does not rogue things. He's a sniper. He's just been alone for a long time, I guess. Because that fuck. I can hit you four times in a round. 1d8 plus 6 plus 8 damage. Per I arrow. Per arrow. And he'll I think I hit four arrows in a single turn. If if I crit on all four, which is let's be real, that's fucking not gonna ever happen. But if I do, I think I can do a, at least four hundred damage. What you should do is probably look for crit window increasing enhancements next. Go from twenty to nineteen to twenty, then from nineteen to twenty to seventeen to twenty. Oh yeah. That'll fuck them up real good. Because of my... 18 and have a crit chance. Because of my end quoted from three of our other players, loaded die. I mean... It's not loaded. die roll pretty fucking good. Because I know how to roll them. Everything rolls in a specific pattern. You just have to look for it. Everybody else, and I mean, I mean almost everybody just kind of drops the die. I tried to roll it off the side, the, the palm sideways, but yeah, it, it ends up being a vertical drop. Yeah, just people just drop it. No, my die, you have to roll it in my little dice roller octagon yeah. that I have, and it'll it'll go up one of the little crevices, like the little side thing, and then roll back, and that's how you get it high. That's how you get the 18s and 19s and 20s. That's how I was able to get six 20s in one night, because I know how to roll my die. Because they're loaded. <laughs> That's some loaded die talk right there, bro. No, it's called st strategy. It's yeah. called patterns. You know what strategy is? Huh. Getting a bigger stick than the other guy. Strategy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of fancy talk coming from a barbarian. Barbar it's a lot I mean, of fancy orc. talk coming from someone within smiting distance. <laughs> Oh my, look at the time. It's Crusade o'clock. God, I've always wanted to play a cleric. And I know exactly which one I would do. Tadok Perio. He's a cleric of necromancy, isn't he? Close. He has two domains. Healing and death. <laughs> You're either going to live or die. Flip the coin, let's find out. He's a cleric of phrasma. Of course. <laughs> he wears a plague mask. Does because he have the doctor stick? Like to beat people with, like no, get back, go back in your homes. <laughs> no, he has he has a holy symbol. Looks like a very like a Celtic cross on a fucking pole, and the Celtic cross is fucking bladed. Iron. Bladed. Oh, it's bladed. Bladed. I think you just make it like a uh, a cross of a cross if you want to make sense of it. He's so a from the top down, it's like this. He's like a mortician for the city. I'm gonna do it. Terrifying. Yep. Which is why he wears the plague mask, so he doesn't have to smell the smell of death all the time. He could take it off when he. It leaves. sounds edge lordy, 
But it's basically, I made a character of what edgelords wish they were. <laughs> Sprint. What? Leasing, you're disturbed? What? David Jaden, what? <laughs> I mean... You remember Sprague's El Eldritch Knight? Yeah, I beat his ass. As a form of grindum. <laughs> Tadon Perion. I was given like a 20 point buy-in, but I still managed to fit him in there. I wanted to give him a French accent, but my French accent is basically limited cartooning, ha ha ha, baguette. <laughs> like, but, so I made him Tadok Perion. Ha ha, I don't take shower, ha ha, jeez. I think my favorite character I've made was the Sarge. Honestly. I loved Sarge. I liked playing with Sarge as Solomon. No, that was a good dynamic. Private man. shit. No, you were private. You were fir you were private first class bitch. You upgraded. <coughs> Damn right I did. You were the only upgrade. Everybody else A Fraley's necromancer was private zombie. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so about Fraley's poor necromancer. <laughs> we Okay, so there's this vampire attacking people, right? And vampires in D&D have the ability hypnosis. They can just look at a motherfucker. If they fail a will save, a very high will save, they're hypnotized. And they basically follow the next command. We're chasing this vampire. And he hypnotizes this lady who busts out of her window and is like, Stop! Rape! And she pointed us as we're running oh, yeah. by. And these guards are like, oh my god, this lady just yelled rape. Here's these people running. Stop. What are you doing? So my character just turns back and he's like, we're pursuing a rapist. <laughs> just fucking totally bluffs that shit and he passes. And he wasn't even charismatic. He had a negative. It was just like a, the god of the dice. Matt Mercer decided oh. that that was an okay roleplay decision. Okay, so I found out that we've been using the term Minimaxer wrong. That's me. So Minimaxer... Minimizes weaknesses, maximizes strength. Yeah. No, no, frankly, minimaxes. A lot of no, a lot of people think minimaxes is you don't take negatives. No, minimaxes is shit that I do. I'll, if I'm playing like a wizard, I'll put a negative in fucking strength or dexterity. Well, not dexterity because I need that AC bump, but I'll put a negative in like strength or something to boost up my intelligence. Yeah, yeah. If frankly, doesn't take negatives. Period. That's not minimaxing. No, no, no. I've seen Frayley take negatives. He takes negatives to strength all the time because usually he doesn't need it. He's a dart thrower, which is a dexterity. Throwing is dexterity based. Um, um, okay, so we all have our classes that we like playing the most. You have your clerics. I have my mage classes, wizard and sorcerer. Frayley has his, like... I, I would like to put an addendum in that. Well, I do love playing clerics, my favorite is Barbar. But ordinarily... We never have a healer. Next game we play, I'll play the healer. I've always wanted to play Mystic Dirge. Mystic Dirge, by the way, is a class of wizard cleric. It's like the two mixed. I've always wanted to play a Mystic Dirge. I could probably be a beast skin grappler. 
I, at this point, I've been really conceptualizing a Tekken character, uh, Armor King. Oh my god. And I think that would be badass. A Beast Kid Grappler, he's got uh, Jaguar blood, so he would have like protruding canines from the top, and his skin would be spotted. Dude, Dragon Totem. Yeah. Yeah, fucking take the Dragon Totem. <laughs> Gives me a claw and a bite attack. Dragon Totem Monk. No, no, no. He'd be barbar. A what? Barbarian. All day. Beast Scald? Be... No, just barbarian. Bardibarian. So he wouldn't no, be no, the Barbarian. Oh, he would just... be a barbar. Barbarian. He would be straight up. I get mad, I get stronger. Reason being, Armored King adopted orphans and put them in his wrestling school so they'd have careers later in life. He was a very gentle soul. But he paid for it by wrestling. I like how, how the... That's fucking awesome, by the way. I like how the fact that I'm playing a uh, Khajiit uh, Dovakin. The Sound Striker Bard class, which you basically just Fusuradaw people for 46 damage. That's fucking it. And Skyrim, I'm playing an Arconia. <laughs> Congratulations, a miniature dragon is the Dovakin. Hmm, who would have thought? <laughs> It's not my fault that I specialize in evocation spells. <sighs> I like evocation. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like evocation and necromancy. It's necromancy dead. for one spell and one spell only. Phantasmal Killer. That's terrifying. My favorite spell in the whole thing. <laughs> that and exploding head. <laughs> <laughs> Be gone. No, um... Oh, you failed your wheel save? Guess what? <laughs> Unless you have a dot hack pendant that basically puts you back together as soon as the spell goes off. God, exploding head! I love that. But um, the, the best description I've heard for evocation is dad magic, because it's it's the old school shit that works. Evocations were like the first magics ever discovered. Control of the elements, right? How much battery life you got on your phone? Uh, I put it on charger when I got home. I got 24%. There was this meme I saw that explained um, the difference between, like, evocation, alteration, divinity, you know, and it, like, I think he used a tomato. Yeah. Like, evocation. That tomato's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Google right now. Uh, magic. Types, not ripes, types. Magic ripes. I think it would be like magic type D&D or something like that. And I think they're called schools. Yeah. Yeah, no, the other one I saw was basically, evocations destroy stuff. I mean, they're right. Alteration. Alter things. Divine. Well, that's usually transmutation. It's change stuff into other stuff. True. Alteration is Skyrim. Oh, jeez. D&D is just Skyrim, but with more math. Let's be real here. Oh, I know. <laughs> I was expecting epic conquests, fighting dragons in dungeons and... Procuring hordes of gold for nah, man. I got math. I got math and brain creatures with vibranium claws. 
That's what I got. You know how I had to kill those damn things? I didn't have a weapon that could do any damage. But you know how you can scratch a scab off yourself? Well, logically, these creatures would be able to scratch themselves. So I picked one up and beat another one to death with it. It was great. It was glorious. I Me and another it. player started playing basically, uh, uh, we practiced sword fighting, but with these brain creatures, and we just turned them into mush. So. So I, I would say that instead of it just Skyrim with math, it's a Skyrim with even less limits than God Howard gave us. <laughs> God Howard gave us so many different options to do what we wanted to do in the game. But he didn't give me the option to beat one motherfucker with another motherfucker. Currently, I'm doing something I thought I'd never do. Line armor specialist with one hand, uh, with a one-handed sword in the right hand, uh, magic, destruction magic in the left. Spell sword. Spell sword. Yeah. yeah. That's the type of shit I do. Except, um, instead of having magic in one hand, I'll just enchant one sword with fire and the other sword with shock. Let's be real here. Fuck him up, man. Stealth Archer is still the most OP class. Well, duh. I mean, I can shoot you in the pinky toe with a bone arrow and it, like, blows your head off. I mean, that's OP. <laughs> yeah. When you're dropping Draugr Death Lords with one or two shots, you need to... <laughs> no, you don't need to reconsider your class. You did great. Good job at leveling up properly. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your game. I use Stealth Archer, though, as my piggyback. I'll use it to gain experience when I just want more points and things and I have other things to go kill. Well, see, I only stealth when I'm in doing a dungeon crawl because I just want to see if, like, something's going to just come out of nowhere, right? I do stealth in Call of Duty games, for fuck's sake. I understand. <laughs> Let's see if I can get through this mission with no one even knowing I'm there. Let's see if I can complete this mission, uh, this team deathmatch without getting killed. Why? Because no one heard me coming. Suddenly, it's suppressed hollow point uh, fucking 1911s and knives everywhere. Oh, and being accused of camping a lot. Usually because I'm camping. Camping. Campers make me cry. You know what else makes me cry? So, what? The subject we're on today, because we've talked 22 minutes and 23 seconds about Skyrim. The subject we're on today. I mean, God, Howard gets his dues, bro. Uh, you right. Tearjerker moments out of entertainment, period. Well, since we started off with Skyrim, I'd like to grab that and run with it. Beautiful. Do it. My one Storm Club playthrough. I had always played through the Empire just because I was always like, hey, you know what? Jarl Bolgriff, he's pretty tight. And the way he communicated with Ulfric led me to believe that maybe. If I sided with Ulfric one time, he wouldn't take it out on y'all, Bulgriff. He would be like, you know what? This man is still a Nord, and he still offered my companionship, even though he was fulfilling his government duties. That's what I was hoping for. Like, you know, an, an, an honor among warriors. Yeah, nah, Bulgriff got taken down, and I'm just like, but no. And that's a personal sad moment, because Bulgriff is my first interaction with a Yarl <laughs> in any of the cities. Yeah. And outright, he's just... Like, understanding. You were a prisoner in Helgen. Let's just hope that life is behind you. You have an experience with the dragon. Cool. Dragon's beside it over here. Go check out that one and tell us if you see anything that's similar. <coughs> that's basically what he did. He's just like, you know what? Bygones are bygones. Give me a hand. He looked out for his people. And I thought that Ulfric would understand that. 
Nah. Walgorf got taken down, and since then, I have never sided with the Stormcloaks. Just for that reason, for that one man alone. Well, see, for me, the Stormcloaks. I'd rather side with the Stormcloaks because, like, sure, they're racist, but so are the fucking Thalmor. Like, the, like yeah, the Stormcloaks are kind of pieces of shit, but the Thalmor are definitely pieces of shit. Hmm. Like, well, we run into our, uh, a nice little comparison here I've cooked up for schematics like that. The Jews and the Nazis, mother. Side with the Jews? You side with the Jews? They're the Thalmor. The Jews are not the Thalmor. Ruling hidden party. You barely see the Thalmor outside of their embassy. On occasion, they're transporting a prisoner. And they're dead on sight. No, oh yeah, dude, no. I don't, I don't care. If I see anyone in prison, it's just kind of like... And Fuso adopt the lead man. We're, we're kind of libertarian man. in the oh, fact that yeah. we believe in freedom. And yep. like... But I also believe in safety in numbers. And I think that's what helps influence my push towards the Empire. Don't get me wrong, the Stormcloaks have a noble cause. But let's put it this way. If you trade out the Thalmor as a race for more of a type of old white guy with silver hair, they're trying to make America. A place where everyone can be less than them. Speaking of old white guy with silver hair, you didn't leads me acknowledge to... that. Damn, I thought I'd at least get like a, ooh, damn. You get a dab. I already get a dab. You know what? I'll take that. All right, so speak. my sad moment, Baldur getting arrested. Mine involves another old white guy with graying hair. <sighs> Modern sure? Warfare 2, when you and Ghost get shot. That is a tearjerker moment. Yeah, because I, I Cause love... My first playthrough, I was watching that. By the way, we're kind of tipsy right now. We've just had, like, what? The drink of the week. Four Jaeger bombs. Drink of the week is Jaeger bombs. We've had four of them. We're feeling quite loosey goosey. Next week we're gonna go for Irish car bombs. That's a uh, Irish whiskey, Guinness beer, and Bailey's Irish cream. Fuck yeah! I look forward to it. I anyway, do too. back to the subject at hand. Oh, dude, when Shepard fucking kills you and Ghost, my first playthrough, I didn't cry, but I was in my soul. I was. I was just like, no, not Ghost. I don't like Ghost. Why? And then, like, God, man. Ghost got his redemption. Call of Duty dedicated a whole game to the remaking of the Ghost Squad. I think they did well with that, and the the, the missions were. I wouldn't say apocalyptic, but definitely post-downfall America, and it was fantastic. It was just a fun game. Okay, I have to say. People say what they want about it. People say it sucks. I loved it. Mine is a two-parter. Okay. I think it's the same game. Modern Warfare 2. When you're playing as that Marine that's in the middle of the, uh, when Al-Assad detonated the nuke. No, that's the first one. That's the first one. That's, that's Modern Warfare okay. 1. He's in the back of a helicopter when the nuke goes off. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. going to count that as a second one. That's the first one, but I want to go back to that General Shepard moment. Okay. It sucked for me, I would say, more because I like Lance Hendrickson, the actor. That's who did That's Ghost? the voice of General Shepard. Really? I like him because in a lot of his roles, when he was a good guy, he was almost a father figure to them. And that's how he spoke to his men of the American Forces and Task Force 141. He spoke to them like a fatherly guiding hand, and it seemed like, okay, I could definitely trust this guy. I mean, he's walking out there, black beret, you know, like modern position. day Joe Patton. 
shining ass 44 mag revolver and he's out there come on son get out of the holes and you know he's he's putting it down and I loved him and then he turned out to be a backstabbing traitorous SOB and I'm just like ooh and that's when I saw it was going to be one of Lance Henriksen's bad guy roles and let me tell you something he plays a great good guy he plays a better bad guy and I gotta say he nailed it as General Shepard he had those Thanos like moments where for a split second it's just like yeah okay I can see that I think you're like, wait a minute, this is a fucking madman. <laughs> so yeah, I'll give you that. But if you want to piggyback for number four, for me, going from top five down, number four is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, when Soap finally ate it. Finally fucking died. And that was rough. That was rough to watch. Hold on, hold on. It's been a minute since I played Modern Warfare 3. I mean, mm-hmm. and I've been drinking, so remind me. <laughs> okay, so they're currently, uh, I believe it's you know Indonesia type, and they're getting bombarded pretty heavily with some serious artillery, like it's a full-on invasion by the military to come track down what remains of Task Force 141. And it's in a prior conversation where Makarov the main villain mentions, you know, oh, Yuri, you shouldn't have sided with them. You and I were like brothers and things like that. And Soap doesn't give a complete message because I think he understood throughout combat that Yuri was not a friend of Macross any way, shape, or form. He was there for a few missions, but he was not a friend and he no longer supported him and actively sought his downfall. It was understood that he wasn't a devil agent. And Soap got through that. Like he, like I believe he understood that. But in his dying words, all he could communicate to Price was that Makarov knows Yuri. That led to some conflict between oh, them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah. But Damn. At the end of Modern Warfare 2, you were Soap McTavish, and you chucked that knife into the eye of General Shepard. You know what I just noticed? We talk so much shit about Call of Duty, but let's be real here. Their storylines are dope. Their storylines are with dope. The, so. With the exception of fucking Infinite Warfare. That was kind of... And I liked Infinite Warfare. I, I mean, I liked it too, but it was still kind of like off the fucking wall. Uh, Black Ops 3 was off the fucking wall. It was still good though. Oh, yeah, it was still good. Alright, so... Alright, so round of year number four. Halo 4. When Cortana, the whole game where Cortana is slowly glitching Losing to death. Shit. Yep. Man, because if 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 you were a hardcore Halo player like me, one, two, and three, fucking oh, except when it came to the flood, fuck the flood, fuck everything. The flood was the floods fun to fight though. No, it I fucking you, hate the flood. It puts you to the test and it forces you to run through some. Definitely tricky moments to see it's, if you can get by and live. Okay. It, all right. Danger close for days. Like, you're chucking grenades at your ankles and running away, hoping to deal enough damage. The, the Flood has the same effect on me as, like, seeing a centipede. I am terrified of centipedes. When necrophages from dead space. Oh. I, I put them in the same book, really. The Flood and the necrophages. Talking about the necrophages had more adaptations and more forms... But the flood was still horrifying. The flood, it's the sounds they make. Yeah. And the fucking way they moved. The little creepy crawling, like, ah, bullshit. Ugh. When you, especially when we were younger, that shit was creepy. 
Yeah. Just just uh, first time I ever encountered the flood, it was me and my buddy Zach at the time. We were playing Halo One. Zach was playing because he hadn't died yet. Locked in the room. We were in um we were in his home all alone with all the lights off. We both it's encountered the flood at the same goddamn time, and we were both like, oh, yeah, fuck this shit. <laughs> we were like 13, 14, dude. We were just like, uh-uh. <laughs> what the fuck is this shit? Now, hang on. This is this is a tearjerker story, so why was it so sad in Halo 4? Because you have Cortana, the just chick that's been with you. You're, you're day one, bitch. You're day one, ride or die. And she's dying. I mean, literally, but yeah. It's, it's it, I don't know, it, it, it was... We find out later because she was no longer just riding, but... It's almost like if, like, knock on wood, this doesn't happen, but if you had cancer and I had to watch you go through that. You know I dip almost a can a day. Don't put that curse on me, Ricky Bobby. I knocked on wood. <laughs> <laughs> but... I can't eat steak anymore. Jaw cancer. To me, I don't know, man. That was just a tearjerker moment. Your ride or die is dying from computer cancer. <laughs> ah, damn it, Chief. One too many porn sites. No, there were no hot singles in your area. You were three star units away. <laughs> and you could see you could see Chief, as weird as it was, he kind of fell in love with a computer system, <laughs> with a computer AI. I mean, yeah. It's kind of weird, but at that time, like, shit, we have six robots now. So. Yeah. Yeah, as much as I want to say, this guy started a family with his sex fucking toy. He modded a baby doll. And on this episode of TLC, My Strange Addiction. <laughs> I'm addicted to watching people just fuck their lives up really bad on social media. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so... That's my addiction, but... That's my number four. You fucking know Cortana four. slowly dying throughout Halo 4. What's your number three? Actually, are you on number four now? No, I'm on number three. Oh, okay. Number four is what's my number three. My number three is an old PS2 game. And it's called The Suffering. I've heard about that game. It's a horror action game. The monsters are terrifying. The whole experience is definitely something that I wouldn't recommend in the faint of heart. Right. However, uh, it is unveiled through your actions in the game what happened to your family. You play as a prisoner named Torf who went to jail for killing your wife and two kids. Then it's revealed later on that it wasn't really you. It was quite literally a demon that manifested in your body. A demon took you over, killed your wife and kids, and you get an opportunity at the end of the game to take him out. And It's glorious, but it's so sad to watch this man basically lose his mind on Carnate Island because a demon killed his wife and kids. And you watch him slowly lose it, and he goes into these what, what, uh, berserker moments where, in the game, as a mechanic, you transform into this large beast. But then later on, once you re- watch the end, or reach the end of the game, you see where security cameras were posted throughout the prison you're fighting out of. 
and you watch as the normal human form torque just rips and tears through these monsters and shit. And then you realize that it's that same exact creature you turn into that killed your wife and kids. So after you beat the final boss, you have to fight your own demonic form. Damn. That's and, some heavy shit. And, and as you perform actions in the game, that creature transforms. If you do more evil things, like, you know, you found another escapee prisoner who shouldn't have even been there. Or even if he should have been there, like, you know, he didn't need to be on this cursed island. He needed to be in, like, a regular max security, whatever. Right? Just trying to escape, looking for his life. If you kill him, that's an evil act. Right. And the monster will get, like, spikier and have more, like, fire-based uh, special moves. Whereas if you do good actions, like free prisoners, save people, things like that, you get more defensive actions. Like you can slam on the ground and pop up a fence around you to block all damage for 10 seconds or whatever. And you'll be healing that entire time. You, know, you get more defense, and it, it, just, it changes how you play the game, but no matter what, at the end, it's you, normal Torque, having to fight that motherfucker. And that's where you see that frail line where you have to fight for your own sanity. That's and it's funny. all because of one demon. <sighs> that's fucking... That's some heavy shit, man. I've done a good playthrough and a bad playthrough. Bad playthrough is, you don't even fight the final boss. You fight the good version of yourself, and you can take the form of your evil self. And at that point, you just totally give in. And you get like some cool bonuses. Like a special gonzo gun, which is actually just a rooster that shoots eggs, but the eggs are like 50 BMGs. So it's just like it obliterates whatever you shoot in one shot. Like it's a one-hit kill gun. And the anim the reload animation is just like the revolver. So he swings out the cylinder and then he swings it back in. But the chicken goes, whenever you do it. <laughs> yeah, that gun's a lot of fun. <laughs> so I have a question. Are we just doing video games or are we doing all media? I got stuck on video games. We could do all media. It's just not that, that, that we're gamers and that's what flows naturally for me. We can do video games, two. and we can do, uh, like, fucking videos, like, videos, like movies, movies, whatever, next animes, time. stuff like that, just television. Well, fuck that, what's your number three video game? <laughs> oh, dude, that's gonna have to be in Fable 3. At the end, you have the big demon that's trying to take over the world. I think, I think he called himself, like, the darkness or some shit like that. Oh, it's fun. All in pizza cutter, all edge, no point. Very, very much so. Like, you know those bad guys that are like, like Thanos, where it's like, you know what, I can understand your point. Yeah. Yeah, this guy's evil for evil's sake. Pure he, evil. He has no point. His point is on the top of his head. Yeah. <laughs> he possesses your favorite person in the entire world. Your uncle, who has trained you in every aspect and he possesses it, and you have to kill your uncle. There's no saving him. He's just... And your uncle's like, just kill me. Just end it. Please. And it's just like, I don't want to. You know? Mm -hmm. Fuck, man. Yeah. I understand. That's some shit. Yeah. And it's like the end of the game. That, that's how you be. You have to fight and kill your uncle. And the whole time your uncle's just like, just end it, just kill me, while your uncle is being possessed trying to kill you. Oh, man. It's kind of like the, um, 
Nah, it's, it's kind of like odd things, but... Ah, oh, that's sad. That is, man. Fuck. <laughs> you went through this whole fucking epic quest, some parts with your uncle, just to find out that he is now part of... Look your foot. Oh, shit. Pardon us for a moment. We'll be right back after some technical difficulties. <laughs> and we're back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. I'm sorry. I was just, I was just thinking about. I was just thinking about my video game. That was really a tearjerker moment for me. And I think it may have your been number little, two. Yeah, my number two. I think it may have been a little more personal, like to Anthony Jordan Weekly, because I had followed the Legacy of Kane series for a long time. I hear you talk about that game a lot, dude. It's one of my favorite stories. Well, and, and I mean the whole thing, not just Raziel's or not just on, Kane's. Uh, PlayStation now? It's on, oh, no, I don't think so. Uh, I know it's on Steam. The whole series is on Steam. I'm talking back to Blood Omen 1, and it was primarily a top-down third person. Yeah, it was a high-angle third person back then. It's all available on Steam. If you want to try it, by all means. I mean, I'm just waiting for the next Steam sale, and I'm going to buy them all at once. I have to get my uh, laptop first. You need to get a better laptop. Yeah, the laptop you got now is crap. Sorry. <laughs> it works. It does its job. I can watch WrestleMania on the laptop. I mean, I can watch live streaming. As long as it works. I just can't play video games. That sucks. The ba it's the bandwidth on it. Yeah. It's got a pretty slow internet card. Anyway, that's the side point. My point is the Soul Reaver series. Okay. Because <laughs> the, the, the main character of the Soul Reaver series fought like hell to take revenge for the wrongdoings he suffered at the hands of his former leader. But then, through like 50 to 60 twists and turns and holy shit moments and hey that's not fairs and blah blah blahs and unlocking the same four fucking elements for a sword twice you, you finally come to a point excuse me, three times. You finally come to a point where it's revealed that this person's soul was bound to a sword that this vampire lord had been using since fucking forever. It, 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 feels, it feels really dumb to just sit here and talk about it. It's something that you would have to actually watch. But the final scene ends up where... After all this time you spent trying to kill this person, you realize that this person was the only one who was looking out for your best interest. Basically, they freed you from a prison you didn't fucking know you were in. And they gave you, the one person out there, the free will, the genuine free will, to pick your next path and destiny. And there's many times throughout the series where the, 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 the screen shakes and it's quakes and chasms as literally the cards of history, how things play out for the worlds, are reshuffled again and again and again. And it's an excellent, you know, butterfly effect type thing, where from one point you take one action and this the, the city comes to be and there's guards and it's, it's clean. But then you go back further, you do one thing that's before what you did previously, and now the city's a swampland overrun with grotesque mutated vampiric monsters. The gameplay itself is fantastic, but then that story bite at the end, where you, you you end up driving a sword through your best friend throughout all of it, 
that you hated for the first two fucking games who seemed to be toying with you when it turns out you were both being fucked with by a giant ancient squid. <laughs> it's just, it's so sad, but it's, it's so potent because you saw the death of a character that you fought so hard to revenge the death of. But you felt like it was perfectly timed. And it's just, it's, it's, it's performed in a way that I gotta give my props to Amy Hennig, specifically the director and producer, because she put a lot of effort into that. That was her baby, and that series deserves more than a fizzle out with a botched multiplayer that didn't that wasn't advertised and a, 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 a demo of a game that never went anywhere. They deserve better than that. And the Reddit community for Soul Reaper, by the way, is alive and well. The whole Legacy of Kane series is out there and there's art and modifications and this and that. It, it, it's, it's surprisingly thriving for how sparse it is. And I just ran over for like five minutes. I'm sorry. This is just an old ass video game I played back in the second dream cast that I followed it for the majority of my life, so you're, I love you're it. fine. <laughs> well mine's a newer game. My number what is it, two now? Yeah, it's been number two. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. The Superman arc for injustice. Uh, where he killed Lois Lane and the the pregnant Lois Lane. Get an F for baby Superman. Dude, let's be real here. That's just... That's fucked Yeah. Right, no. By the way, mine's in no particular order. Mine's just coming off the top of my head. Because we were, we were planning to do something other tonight. This is kind of just off the cuff. Don't get me wrong. I got mine in pretty well order. It, it all lined up to where my number one is the number one I intended it to be. So we're good. <laughs> but, yeah, dude. The Injustice Superman arc. For reference... Joker had poisoned Superman with some with some scarecrow serum, and he didn't realize it. The effect was somehow delayed. But he woke up one morning, and all Superman saw was Doomsday in his fucking room. If you know anything about comic books, you know Doomsday is Doomsday and Superman are on site. Yeah, Doomsday is an unstoppable machine. He like, came in one way, he comes back invincible to that. Let's be real. Dark Side is. Superman's like nemesis. Superman's Joker. But Doomsday is straight just like, fuck that guy. Let's kill him again. <laughs> and I felt know. like Doomsday was more Joker because he was more often recurring. The Superman... Well, it depends on what you're going by. If you're going by comic books, yes. If you're going by like the animated series, Darkseid Dark Side was, was the big guy. The main villain. But anyways... Doomsday... So, He's an asshole. <laughs> so, Superman, here's Superman, poisoned. Wakes up one day, and all of a sudden, fucking Doomsday is in his fucking apartment. As, while just, he's at Clark fucking Kent. He which, just lights him up. <laughs> and he just destroys him, to the point where he brings him to space. And he's just pummeling what he assumes is Doomsday's corpse. And as the poison wears off, he realizes he was pummeling at full strength... A Lois pregnant Lane. Lois Lane, which drove him over the fucking edge. Just, yeah. And then Joker sent a fucking nuke off in Metropolis. Or Gotham or whatever, though. I think it was Metropolis. Yeah, it was Metropolis. Yeah, he sent a nuke off in Metropolis, and that just, that just set him over the edge. 
He was done. He was 110% done with Joker shit. And he just, he did what Batman didn't do. He took care of business. He put his hand through Joker's chest and ripped him apart. Even Superman was just done. And from there on, Tyrant Superman was born. And... I gotta tell you, it was... It, it, the Injustice storyline was scary. Superman vs. Batman, uh, Ben Affleck's Batman had a dream about that. It was very much like that. Super soldiers created with basically Kryptonian gummy vitamins. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it increased their bone strength to Krypton levels. God. Yeah. So imagine super soldiers that were not quite as strong as Superman himself, but were just about as tough. Oh, and you're just normal ass Batman. Good luck, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so what's your number one? What do you got? The whole fate of the damn series is a travesty. It ended on such a sour note that I'm angry for the man. And millions of us fans are as well. But we understand that he stood up for himself against a company that, at the end of the day, was just trying to milk him. Hideo Kojima's Metal Gear Solid 4 is one of the saddest Metal Gear you know what no it's one of the saddest games I've played period because you're okay watching. so I haven't played 4 I've played a little bit of 5 but I haven't played 4 Expl uh, explain to me okay uh, set in a little bit in the future from now we'll say like eh, I don't know 2070 mm. or, or, or or has changed a little bit only in the way that it's a little more technologically advanced. We don't have a lot of laser guns yet or anything crazy like that. But we do have, you know, uh, basically Gauss cannons. You know, uh, real yeah. guns. Yeah, we got those. And But it's, it's, it's still... It's just a time where now it's no longer one country fighting for itself in war. It's now like... It's kind of like the United States and the Middle East, Right. We're up in another country fighting for them, and it's like, that country's not even attacking us. They're just attacking this place. Well, that's our ally. We've got to go support them. Okay, cool. Now, here comes some other countries, agents to the country we're fighting. And we're not at war with that country, but the countries that we support are at war with each other. So we're fighting each other for no reason. This is not our conflict. It's what's called a proxy war. Yeah. In this case, um, it takes place during a proxy war that leads about to... An attempted coup of the world government, like the world's governing bodies. And it involves fiddling with the fact that everyone was trying to was jump into this big tech race to try to beat each other, to try to come up with more advanced weaponry, and then to try to make it safer in case the public gets their hands on it, like ID locks and things like that. And, uh... Uh, basically like ID chip implants that control certain regulatory functions in the body that help release certain chemicals to help make the perfect soldier every time you know and in order to in, they, they convinced the whole world that this would make you win the wars and then they took control of all the soldiers that had those chips and such you just created the world's largest army and every other military source trained them for you. Jesus. Metal Gear Solid 4 follows an aging, prematurely aging and dying Solid Snake. Snake! Snake! You unfortunately watch him grow old and begin to degrade in physical ability 
mission by mission. You notice sometimes if you crouch too long, he'll grunt and pat his lower back. You notice if you crawl for a while, he'll stop and just whew, before he keeps going. His stress builds quicker and or his stress builds quicker and his tolerance dies down quicker. He's not quite as fast and capable. So you're watching this man who is a national hero basically just go in as a government assassin to take care of one guy that's been around for 50 years and is fucking things up for everybody. And he happens to believe due to an arm replacement and drug-induced drug augment, mental augmentation. There we go. Arm, arm replacement and drug-induced mental augmentation. He believes that he is your old rival from 20 years ago. And due to the fact that you're aging prematurely, y'all look about like the right age for two senior citizens at Golden Corral to be fighting over that last pump of gravy out of the little dispenser. That's hysterical. You look about the right age, and you go at it. But you, you don't go at it like old men. You get a fresh injection of some basically robo-steroids, and you go at it like you're two men in your 20s dealing with some beef over a girl that both of you liked, and she didn't really like either of you. <laughs> you go to hell and back. You beat the shit out of each other. Mind you, this is after you just walk through a tunnel made out of nothing but microwaves. So, here's my question. Off. We got seven, uh, six and a half minutes left. Why is this sad for you? Because I've been... <laughs> because you're watching one of the greatest heroes of America repeat the process that's been going time after time again. They're painted as a traitor to the country, and they're left to die off. But he finally stops it. He was almost there. He was almost going to be treated as the big traitor. Like, it was all his fault that all this was happening. But he pulled that shit out of his ass, and he put a stop to it. And he brought everything to light. Him and Otakon displayed everything that was going on. Shut down all the robots and all the soldiers in order to prevent them from being controlled by other people. Suddenly, they're experiencing all these horrible battlefield symptoms that these little robots in their arms were stopping. Like PTSD, um, anxiety issues, panic attacks, all this sort of shit. But they're finally getting to be themselves again. In the meantime, the hero basically is just rotting from the inside from a poison that was genetically modified to kill an old target of his 30 years ago. Fox die. Literally, it, it's, it's like if the coronavirus was targeting one specific person and your only job was to get in the room with that person and cough at him. That's all he had to do, but he took care of business initially. And what's his repayment? He gets to rot. Damn. Alright, so we got five minutes left, so I'm going to go with my last one. Uh, in Skyrim, when Lydia Glitch died with all my shit, I can't find the body. No, I can't um, tell you how many times I flushed her daughter out my fucking doorway. Lydia, move. Lydia, move. Lydia, duh! <laughs> <laughs> no, um... I can't even take the stairs. I just have to jump down. <laughs> Black Ops 1, Mason's imaginary friend. Ark. <sighs> Victor... Here's this guy that I believe in Victor too. <laughs> here's this guy that I didn't know he wasn't real until the end. 
I, I realized I, I thought it was kind of fishy that this random Russian prisoner yeah, suddenly I started it, popping up in a yeah, lot Yeah, I, I thought it was fucking weird. But did the, he just get adopted by the CIA or something? But I'm like, you know what? It's Call of Duty video game, whatever. Who knows? That Russian agent was CIA operative. That's why he was in the but gulag. But here you have this guy, right? He's like my best friend. He's been with me since fucking day one. Oh yeah, he's not that. real. The numbers, Mason. What does it mean? <laughs> Eight six seven five zero nine for a good time call. Jesus fucking Christ. The numbers it, right now. What do they mean? In this case, Jenny. Um. Uh, <laughs> Great, now I'm going to be listening to Tommy Two times for the rest of the week. It's fucking awesome. That'll be like 182. Anyways, that's, that's, that's it for me, man. It's, that's sad. That's fucking sad. I do think it's great that we have found that so many of our answers were just video games to the point where we just decided, fuck it, this is the video game tearjerker episode. But a lot of people don't think of video games as a form of, a viable form of media. They think it is mindless brain-wasting, you know, Neanderthal entertainment. But it's so much more than that. And it's just, it's another medium to tell such a great story from if you wanted to, or to kill a few brain cells if you felt like it. And I Call think Call of Duty Online. Playing the fucking, what is it, Warzone? Yeah. Or car, car, what I call Call, uh, call of Duty Fortnite. <laughs> call of Duty Camping 101. I saw this video of people playing fucking Warzone, and they were underneath the trailers. <laughs> they didn't glitch there. You're allowed to be underneath the trailers. It's just a cheap bullshit fucking move. To blow the trailers up. You can't. You have to actually know how how to get underneath the fucking trailers. Though Activision did ban like fifty thousand cheaters. Ninety. Ninety. Okay, so I played Warzone when it first came out mm-hmm. once, and then it was I could not handle it because I, I just could not. I waited until my friends played it once and told me the same shit. And I'm like, cool, Realm Royale it is. So I, I go, I go, I hear that they banned ninety thousand cheaters permanently from all servers, and I'm like, fuck yes. So I go back and play, dude. It's not any better, really. That's because they're just beginning. Huh? Plus, all those people just made a second account. I played like like four days in a row of Warzone. I tried. I tried. I really did. I tried to get into it. Mostly because I spent a hundred fucking dollars on the game. Yeah, I got the fucking platinum whatever it's pre-order. The first, it's the first video game I ever pre-ordered. I am so disappointed in myself. Don't get me wrong. It was fun for like the first few weeks, and then yeah. I just... Um, I guarantee though, if I pop it in right now, I delete a few games because I got... Just like I said on the first fucking podcast when we were driving to fucking Walmart to pick up groceries. Camping with the rocket launchers, man. Hey, you know what? It's, you can't it's, stand the heat. Better avoid the heat, bro. It's, it's not assault at this point. It's like a whole ass fucking... Like, you know that cave... That they have, the Tabasco people have. Yeah. That, that they own, which is just salt block after salt block. It's mm-hmm. that at this point. <laughs> it's the ocean. <laughs> it's just the Dead Sea. Yeah, like... The ocean with the salt density of the Dead Sea. Yeah, just... It's garbage. Fuck that shit. 
We would take some of the salt and pour it on roads in the north to help save them some money. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Just go scream, fuck you, Activision. Fucking microtransaction heaven ass bitch. <laughs> and I finally figured out what battle skins are. Or battle pass. Yeah. It's fuck that shit. Stupid. Money. Fucking stupid. Well, we got 10 seconds left uh, in this camera, this camera, and this camera. Oh, wrong show. Wrong show. Uh, I am Anthony. And I also am Anthony. Stay white and keep your ball tight.